On today's episode of Locked On Spartans, well, that was a less than ideal weekend. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Monday, December 7th. The year is 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by Matt Sheehan. I got nothing. No, that's fine. I, I don't think it was a less than ideal weekend. I mean, two and one's two and one. We're in the black here, man. Well, I mean, that's, that's an above 500 record. You know, two, two little wins for the basketball team. Football oh, uh, played oh, a game. Oh. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Yeah. I mean, two and one was definitely going into the weekend. Ninety-eight percent chance of uh, Michigan State going two and one in those three games. The one yeah. kind of, kind of sucked though. It was tough. Which one was it? Did you have uh, MSU minus twenty-four against Western? Is that what you're saying, or or was there another game that was even worse than than that somehow? I had the plus 23 and a half and <laughs> lost by 20 or 19 points, 18 and a half points. So, Got yeah, it. that one. Um, oh, the football game. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. On today's show, I think what we're going to do. We'll talk about it. We're going to talk about football. Wow. We're going to complain about some stuff. And then at the very end, I'm going to surprise you all with saying something positive about it. I was going to say, you're going to surprise me included. Wow, I didn't know that we were going to do a segment on positivity for football. Okay, mm-hmm. wow. Whew. Okay, let's get the creative juices going here, Will. No, I, I can just do it. And oh, you can cool. be like, what? No. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I like that. Yeah, so that's what we'll complain about uh, Jay Johnson like we do. We'll complain about the quarterback situation. We'll sure. complain about the effort. We'll complain about other things. And then we'll get positive at the end. Yeah. That is the plan for today's show. We'll talk about basketball tomorrow. You know, that's that's fair, yeah. I don't know. Again, it's UDM and, and Western. There are a couple things, especially from the Western game, that I think we can talk about. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as freaked out about either game as like a lot of other people were. And and that's weird for me. Usually I'm on wow. like the more extreme end of overreacting. But honestly, like, yeah, the UDM game was scary, but never during the Western game like I think we were going to no. lose today. Like, it, I don't know. It's all it's fine. It's annoying. More yeah. annoying than we'll scary. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Right. So that's the plan. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, five days a week, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Bang. Um, Look at that, Will. Matt. Will. Of all the things that happened on Saturday to your Michigan State football Spartans. Yeah, that I still love, even though they kill me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which one is just stuck in your craw the most right now? Like, it's Sunday night. Which one are you just like, really? I can't. Why? Well, that was stupid. Why? What? What's the main thing that is still bugging you from that game? Because it's not the loss because no. we knew they were going to lose. Right. But it's there's certain ways they went about losing. Which one of those things is stuck in your craw the most? It's... It's, it's probably just like the most broad statement I have about the game. And just like you're saying, yeah, of course, I, I never thought that MSU was going to win this game. Did I think that they could be competitive for maybe just 
two minutes of it. Like, yeah, mm. that would have been pretty cool, mm-hmm. I guess, especially after it's reported that, hey, they're missing some starting offensive linemen. Okay, yeah. well, our defensive line of front seven's pretty good. Maybe we can give them a little bit of a challenge, especially when they have four, you know, bobbled snaps to start the game and not let them just cruise to an immediate touchdown. Um, but even more upsetting than that was the offense – and I guess this is if you want me to get like specific with what's eating at me, like what's what, what happened on the offense to it. Like it wasn't bad; it was horrible. Like the first seven drives of the game, their longest drive was five plays. Woo. One, you completed a long pass on your first play for first down. The other five play drive, it started off with a penalty to give you another first down. After you got those two first downs, though, three and out. Every other thing was a three and out or that interception that happened in the end zone again. The defense didn't play great, but listen, like I don't know how great you're going to be playing against Justin Fields and their stable of running backs when the offense is only giving you maybe like three breaths of fresh air and maybe a sip of water, like just enough time to sit on the bench for 17 seconds before. All right, well, Rocky and the boys couldn't get it done, guys. It's time to get back out there. I know you guys are huffing and buffing, but good luck against the Buckeyes out there, like. So that's probably what's eating me out, man. It's just like the offense really didn't help the defense whatsoever. It was never even competitive for a fraction of a second on Saturday. And then, of course, you go see Thorne, you know. Hey, listen, like, did he light the word on the fire? Was he Connor Cook 2.0? No. But he at least gave you shots. Like, he was throwing accurate passes. You know, he got stuff going. I know Mel said that, like, yeah, Thorne was giving us offense in spurts. Spurts isn't good enough. What? What what was going on? What do you call what was going on in the first half? And what makes you think that's gonna work? Like, dude, chief, whoa, buddy, like, we're we're dying for spurts right now. We, I, I will pay you one hundred dollars per drive if I could just get spurts of offense on said drives. Like, so it, it, just all of it is baffling. I'm sorry that was such a long answer, but yeah, so yeah, well, that's what's eating at me. And I didn't even mention punting down twenty eight zero when you're finally in plus territory for the first time. All game. <sighs> Can I so read you some well. some some numbers? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not angry enough right now. Yeah, just go. go some on. research that I've done. I should have known better than just to open and start with you. That's my fault. That's bad. And, and, I, and I, you know, even before I started my rant, I told myself, "Okay, man, just try to keep this twenty or thirty seconds." And now, what? Are, are we fifteen minutes into the show now? I haven't checked the time yet. We are six minutes into the show. Okay, sorry. Well, yeah, crushing it. All right. <laughs> so MSU has two, maybe three games left this year. Yeah. Uh, third game, maybe a, a bowl game potentially. And it might honestly just be one because there's some like weird vibes going around with championship weekend. So yes. we're not totally sure. Yeah, that's a bummer. The vagaries around that, we're not totally sure. But anyway, mm-hmm. with however many few games left they have, at most three, one to three, Michigan State has yet to score 30 points in a single game this season. Yeah, the last time they didn't score at least thirty points in a single game was nineteen ninety one. They've had at least two thirty point games in every season since that year. Matt, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Oh, I well, I know you're not done. (laughs) Someone, someone um, tweeted at me like, "Well, that you know, they lost their non conference, and Rutgers was better than." They're supposed to be. So you're like, you know what? BYU and Miami, it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Wasn't happening there. Toledo, maybe. Maybe they could score 30 on Toledo. I mean, 
this isn't really a situation you need to, to context your way out of. The context doesn't really do much, uh, considering the 2018 team uh, hit that benchmark three times. Three. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thrice. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Let me okay. just, I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, because, yep, yeah, they did. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they scored 38 on Utah State, 35 on Indiana, and 31 on Central. So, they, uh, yeah, they got, and 29, oh, no, 19 on Northwestern. But anyway, yeah, 35 on Indiana. So, they did get one done in a Big Ten game. So, don't want to hear it. Anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. The average point per game Scored in college football in 1991, that season I mentioned, the last time they didn't score at least 30 points in a single game, yeah. was 23. Last year is 30.7. We don't know what it is right now, so I'm just kind of using... It's been around 30 for the, the last few years, but 30.7, so we'll just say 30. Okay. So 23 is 75% of 30.7, 74%. So a 30-point game now is equivalent to a 22-and-a-half-point game in 1991. You get where where I'm saying? Yeah, totally, yep. So basically, MSU scoring 30 this season equals MSU scoring 22-and-a-half in 1991. The 1991 team that uh, was the last to not get two 30-point games uh, scored 22-plus twice. So they hit the the national average uh, points two times, which is embarrassing, but they still hit (laughs) the average. But you did it, yeah. But they did it, all right? Ready? Should I drum roll this, or how do you want me to handle this next part? No, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. Okay. So if the NCAA scoring average ends up again at 30 points this season, and Michigan State doesn't score 30 in one of their final two or three or one games, it will be the first time that they have failed to at least one time score the national average point per game total. Since 1917. That was quite some time ago. I think, wow. Hmm, Okay. Yep. Every single year since 1917. And there's, you know, they're playing Alma and mid-major. Like, uh, you know, there's weird things going on. So it's not not everything's pretty equal. Brandon Sowers freshman year, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 103 years ago. Either way. I don't need the context. It was 103 years ago. (laughs) Quite some time. Okay. Yeah. The 1917 football team at the Michigan Agriculture College, Agricultural College, mm-hmm. fine institution, yes, mm-hmm, went 0 and 9, and scored a total of 23 points. Okay. Opponents of that team include Alma, Kalamazoo College, Western State, which eventually became Western Michigan, and Camp MacArthur. Camp MacArthur, you know, you never want to catch Camp MacArthur on a bad day, man. Those boys are always ready to play. Whew. A military camp. Tough, <laughs> tough, gritty. <laughs> Getting youngins ready for World War One, and then playing Mich- Michigan Agricultural College and just whooping up on them. Seventeen. Michigan Agricultural College was the tune-up for World War One. That <laughs> we were the non-conference tune-up game for the trap first game. Great War <laughs> trap game. Michigan Agricultural trap, College trap game. trap game before they would send them off <laughs> to France. Well, we're shipping off to yeah, the, the, the Eastern European Theater here in a little bit, but first we got the Aggies coming to. Uh oh. <laughs> it's all right. They've only scored 20 points this season. 0 and 8. It was the last game of the year, too. So that was, that was for ah, a lot of people. <laughs> probably a lot of people playing their last football game ever in that game. Oh, my God. Actually, oh. but, but actually, yeah. But actually, oh, yes. Not like, oh, yes, you're retiring. No. Going to war. No. Yeah, doing the war thing. Yeah. Yeah. So in their meantime, while they're preparing for war, 
They practice football and whooped up on uh, Michigan Agricultural yes. College. That is the, uh, uh, the that's what that's the scale. That's what we're uh, okay. up against okay. here, Matt. Okay. Nice. That is how things are going from a scoring perspective. I know scoring um, isn't everything because defenses can score and field position and yards for play, and we, we've got all these fancy advanced metrics. But at some point, you should probably score points. Sure, that, that would be great. Yeah. Yep, and like every team. At Michigan State in the last like thirty years has scored forty points at least once. Like even like oh, I can't. Even. Every year, every single year since like twenty eighteen, and I know it's only a three year stretch, but still, all Spartan fans know where I'm coming from here. It's like, well, it can't get any worse next year in the offensive oh. department. Am I right? And it's like, holy shit, how, how is worse. it possible that we're worse? <laughs> it's worse. Uh. All right, we're gonna keep talking about it. Uh, I have some things to say. No, that aren't just horrible stats. Like I have, I have some takes, Matt. Oh yeah, let's go, baby. First, a word from Coors Light. These days, it seems like life forces us to be on all the time, unless you are the Michigan State offense, which you are <laughs> perpetually off. Every now and then, it's important to stop and hit the reset button. That's yeah. when you reach for a cold, delicious Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment that is made to chill. Yeah, buddy. Well, I mean, I gotta say, when it's a forty-point game, you are doing some chilling. Like oh, at that point, you're not stressed about the Look, game anymore. Man. There were plenty of guys chilling when it was seven nothing. They yeah, just happened to be in between the sidelines ah, playing. Shoot, yeah, yeah, wearing all green with those nice black face masks. Those were nice. Yeah, they those were, were nice. the best part of the game. Uh, Matt, were you crushing? Lot, were you crushing some Coors Light? Just chilling this weekend, sweating through your shirt as Detroit Mercy almost beat Michigan State. Actually, I was, yeah, responsibly, but yes, responsibly, I, I was. Of course. Those yeah. were going down very, very yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, it is, when you're watching your team, we've got Virginia coming up on Wednesday. Coors Light is the beer you need to have on your side. It is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Quite literally, made to chill, and that's why it's the one we choose when we need to unwind and when we're watching the Spartans. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look. Delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, take time. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to see where you're going to go with this. Usually it's me laying down the spicy hot takes. Yeah, it's not even a hot take. Okay. Um, okay, so Rocky Lombardi starts uh, yeah. at quarterback, and I don't know, he was kind of up and down, made some really nice plays, la- I'm talking about last week, Northwestern. Against Northwestern, he was kind of up and down, had a few really nice throws, the two touchdowns that he threw were fantastic, made some plays on the ground, and was, you know, he was solid, right? He was okay. Um, <clears throat> throughout the season, he's been incredibly inconsistent, has looked all the way from great to as bad as you'll ever see. He's, he's run the entire gamut. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the moments where he has looked the best are when he's throwing the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. And that is not up for any sort of dispute, right? That is mm-hmm. the thing. It's the, like I've advocated for, like, let's give it a shot. Like, he can do stuff that is really valuable. I think it's, you know, worth 
seeing if like you can make it better. Like if you can get the other stuff a little better, the downfield stuff, like, but that's all predicated on him throwing the ball 30 plus yards down the field, like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times a game. Yeah. They did it twice against that's, Ohio State. That's great. Well, him. I mean, Ohio State at both their starting cornerbacks in there. On a, on a secondary that has definitely been stout the entire year, Will. Against a secondary that's 87th or whatever it was in the country in yards per plas- pass. I, I, that last time out gave up 500 yards passing. <laughs> 500. Yeah, There's no. 491, but damn near 500 yards now. passing. And you throw the ball downfield two times. What the hell is the point of playing Rocky Lombardi if you're not going to do the one thing he does really well? He throws a beautiful deep ball. And he throws some like deep corners and stuff. Like he can he can do some stuff. It doesn't just have to be a streak. He can throw a post pretty well. He can throw the, the corner stuff. Like he can he can do just some stuff. Just like a far ball is, is what he we just needed. needs to throw yeah. it like fifteen plus yards with a little bit of loft. Yeah. Right? Like that's the that's the threshold. Once he crosses that, he's a he's a pretty damn good thrower of the football. Everything else from the line because at the line of scrimmage and behind it, he's good. Fifteen, twenty yards in further, he's good. Everything else he cannot do. He just cannot do it at all. Like one out of every five throws is good. And from zero to 20 yards in all of his throws, except for like a screen pass and two deep throws were from zero to 20 yards. And you know what, Matt? Yeah. It didn't work. It did not work. It did not work. Oh, who could have possibly thought that uh, the game plan would not have worked? Yeah. No, listen. Hold on. I'm not done. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were. My bad. I'm not done. That's on me. Okay. I am... Like we've said a number of times, I get you and I get frustrated on game days, but then we regroup and we're like, "All right, we need to <laughs> apply the proper context, especially when it comes to Jay Johnson." Like, correct. Yeah. There are a lot of parts here that just frankly aren't working, aren't good enough to really like build a great offense around. Like it's just the truth. There's, there's not. I was texting with someone. And I was like, "There's not an upper thirty third percentile, upper third, right, of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Take all, all the running backs in the Big Ten, the top third of them, none of them are Michigan State players. Same with tight ends, same probably with offensive linemen, like the entire upper third. Like there's just not, or quarterbacks too you could do. Receiver's the only spot on the offense where they have players who are like, yep, these guys would start on seven, eight of the teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. There's, you know, maybe our Curie, right? Maybe mm-hmm. Nick St. Mac in a couple of years or in a, Whatever. Depends on the week with him. Sure. You get the point I'm saying. There's just a, a, a void of talent on that side of the ball. New scheme, pandemic, yada, 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 yada. Trying to withhold judgment. I'm not going to judge the entirety of like the production and stuff. I'll just be embarrassed by it. If they come back next season and have like confidence, I'm like, okay, we're in the right direction. Let's see what we got here. I'm not holding this against him. But at some point, you need to show that you recognize your players' strengths and you're going to design your offense to work around them. And it's not just with Rocky. Mm -hmm. Connor Hayward, fantastic at receiving. Really a good player out of the backfield in terms of catching the ball. 
doesn't do well on inside zone. Never has. Still hasn't this year. Toting the rock 15 times. Yeah. Rocky Lombardi throwing the ball two places. He just doesn't throw it well to. Not getting the ball in the hands of Speedy Naylor and Jaden Reed uh, uh, until the third quarter. Actually, until Thorne came in, but it was essentially the third quarter, until right before halftime. Asking Peyton Thorne, who has an arm that is probably weaker than yours. Hey, okay, I don't, I don't got that bad of an arm here. Could <laughs> no. swing the rock and flag football back at the IM fields at, uh, at Mun. Thank you very there much. Are, <laughs> there are many things Peyton Thorne can do well. Asking him to throw a deep corner route from his own end zone is idiocy. Uh, that's reckless at best. At best, the, reckless. The ball was in the air for 17 hours. Oh, dude, I got up to like unload the dishwasher, came back, and it was still in the air. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe what was happening on my television. <laughs> it's, it's not his thing. No. So just don't do it. I get it. There's, there's, you want to run your plays. You like your plays. You love the playbook. You love the scripted plays. And it's every, everyone is the same. It's just not everyone. Almost everyone is the same. They just like, well, we've got our base plays that we need. Like, what if you can't run your base plays? Well, we'll just keep practicing them and we'll get, no, 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 you should try to score touchdowns. You shouldn't try to run your base plays. You should try to score touchdowns. And when you, I haven't looked at this yet. I'm going to. I've got, like, all the charting and stuff. I'm going to go look at all the MSU's touchdown drives on the season, all three of them. Mm -hmm. I guarantee that at least 80% of them involve a pass play of 30-plus yards. At least. Oh, that's a good exercise to do. Yeah. I I can't think of a drive where it was, like, 10 plays, 70 yards, like, 7 yards at a time. Like, no. I mean, luckily, there's going to be like what only eight drives like, that you have to break like, down. Like, so it's, find, it's going to be a very short afternoon of work for you when like you do this. But yeah, that's the one thing. The one thing that has made them score touchdowns this season. I know, Big man. plays through the air, and just tiptoeing around it because for whatever, like, oh well, you know, if we keep throwing it deep, they're going to start covering it. Well, you know what? Great, great. Then you, awesome. can, then you can run the ball because the safeties are 15 yards down the field and everyone's looking behind them at the snap. It's just so frustrating. I, I, I don't, didn't expect them to have an offense that was going to light it up this year. I honestly didn't even expect like that much competence. Like it was going to be a lot of crap. And hopefully by the end of the year, you could see what they were trying to do. But just watching plays get called that are going against the strengths of the players, flawed players, it just it it makes me so frustrated. It was just like overthink city, man. I mean, listen, I, you don't have to be a football genius like yourself. Like you, you could be kind of like just on the more basic side. Like I'm I not. I'm not a football genius. I'm. Relatively football, speaking, though, I'm like you, you could be a guy dunks. like me who's who's like a, a guy that you just find at the end of the bar at your local sports bar in your neighborhood. And listen, I, I look at Ohio State. You see one weakness on the entire team. It's it's the secondary. What do you do? Okay, well, what's one thing MSU can do well on offense? Well, it's occasionally throw the ball deep. Like when it's just so easy like that. When it's just so basic, and they just don't do it. Like that even makes it more upsetting. Again, for for like the thousandth time, I'm gonna say it. Like I didn't expect to beat Ohio State. 
But competence, like, would be, like, kind of cool. Like, I don't know, man. Like, you got Rocky throwing these routes that are either, like, between 0 and 15 yards. And they're either just inaccurate passes or there were some passes that were so inaccurate that I couldn't tell if it was just a wrong route or what. <laughs> Let's say, you know, week whatever we're in, week 7 rolls around and we still are miscommunicating and running wrong routes. One easy way to avoid miscommunication is just to tell your guy, run deep, I'm going to throw it to you. There's not a lot of miscommunication when it comes to streak routes down the sidelines, is there? Like, you don't got to make a lot of decisions. Just go, man. There should be no reason Jaden Reed is walking into halftime with zero catches. Zero catches. Ohio State's offensive guard had more catches going into the locker room than Jaden Reed did. Like, you just talk about, like using your talent that you have in front of you. Find a way to give Jaden Reed the ball. And, like, yeah, of course it happened in the second half because Ole Thurman was the guy that can give it to him. But, man, it's just everything that you're saying. Just Well, that's like – I just want okay. to say my two cents on it. No, you're good. And that was the frustrating part. Like, Thorne comes in and it's like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff you can do. And, like, why the hell did – why are we waiting till the third quarter to do this? Like, I know. Oh, he's good at throwing quick six-yard drive. Six-yard routes. He makes quick decisions, gets the ball out on time, and away we go. Oh, we're going to run a bunch of zone read and QB power lead and, and crap like that because that's what he can do well. Like, dude, you started Rocky for a reason. Throw <laughs> the know. damn ball deep. I know. It's, it's just I, like the, the, the quote. Listen, Mel is dynamite in his, in his post-game press conferences. He says a lot of the right stuff that we all love to hear and everything. And I, I, I think he does come from, like, somewhat of a good place and like means what he's saying but like that one quote about well Peyton gave us spurts and spurts aren't good enough like what like, I mean yeah what? He... am I just reading that quote wrong because like to me that like that that's just read like what what are you even talking about my man like spurts is is the only thing that we can get like that that's that's the ceiling for this offense like, I don't think he was I don't think he was in a gas up mood like let's be honest Peyton Thorne played two quarters and like two drives Scored ten points and turned it over twice. Mm-hmm. Just because Listen, he was being I, compared to like the worst production, you I know. Like it's still like it was. It wasn't good. No, it, was it, it so wasn't. Much it, better, it was spurts. So no, no. much better. Mel was right. It was spurts. But like then to say like spurts aren't going to get it done here. Like chief, eh, well, spurts, spurts are your aren't going to get it done right now. Sp- yeah, I know, but spurts aren't going to get it done. I, I know they're not. But like that's the only thing that you have in the year of our Lord twenty twenty right now with this team. Yeah, like what, what, what else are you going to do? <laughs> he just lost by forty two. Like you know, it's just yeah. It was, I was very like he's not going to gas up his team after he lost by forty two. He's mad. I, I, I know. I, I, I totally I wouldn't, get I wouldn't read right. much into it other than it just wasn't – nothing offensively was good enough, including the Thorn times. Yes, it was it was significantly better than when Rocky was under center, and they actually moved the ball, and dear God, it was nice to have a drive last six-plus plays. Before but punting it's, it's, uh, in plus territory. Before punting it from plus zero. territory. God, ugh, unfortunately, um, whatever. Who cares? But it's still, like, it's just it, – it's not good enough. Uh, agreed, but not good enough is unfortunately the best you have right now, <laughs> and so you just got to roll the dice on. Yeah, not good I'd rather enough, him. I'd rather him. Honestly, I'd rather him not be cool with not good enough than be like, yeah, you know, it was mediocre, okay. so it was pretty good. Let's talk about that actually for just a hot second. I know we're running late here, no, but we okay, gotta, yeah, we let, let's go. T- 
Let's talk about not, you know, gassing things up. I'm getting kind of sick of the Brady Hoke clapping, especially when you have to call a timeout when you have 10 players on the field, and then after your little clap fest, you walk 12 guys back out on the field after burning the timeout. Like, yeah, I, I, I could do without that, I think, the rest of the season and maybe the rest of his time here at State. Just a little less clapping when things are going horrible would be just, ooh, stellar. <laughs> I think that's something that happens anywhere. Like, any coach who claps like you know jason garrett brady hoke i don't know i i really don't know there's a lot of coaches that clap it just doesn't look good when you're getting clowned man I it, mean, yes that's it, when you win no one cares i know <laughs> it's just what and you'll pick out anything d'antonio we just i don't even know what was it with d'antonio like why are you such a curmudgeon or whatever of course yeah yeah it's just, you just accentuate the things that annoy you or that embarrass you or whatever and yes the clapping also uh, it's like a chop Whatever it was, dude, 21-0, you just come out of a TV timeout, you have 10 players in the field, you had to call another timeout, you start clapping, (laughs) and then what happens 30 seconds later, 12 men on the field. What if he's clapping and saying, I'm going to murder every single (laughs) (laughs) This is a butcher's knife, and the other hand is your head. (laughs) I'm going to cleaver your necks. Does it it matter what he's saying? Do we need the context? No, again, like I, I, that's that, that's nitpicking. I'm I, maybe I'm being unfair right now, but there's a lot more things I'm more concerned about. Yeah, I, I it's like it's 68th on my list right now. I know, but still, not, now's the time for nitpicking. I got to get it all out of me before I sure. go further into the week here. Will all right, we're so long. Let's pause here. We'll come back, and I'm going to be positive about football. Oh, first the word for Bill Barr. Bill Barr. <laughs> Oh, team could use some uh, some built bars, map. That's PEDs at this point. Who cares anymore? Just go for Who it. are we talking about that I suggested we inject with steroids? Oh, boy. I, I don't know. Was it a football player? I don't remember. It may yeah, have been Payne Thorne. maybe. I think, yeah. I said let's <laughs> inject Thorne with HGH. It's worth Yeah, the that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes back look like Tony Mandarich next <laughs> next, next spring. Look, yeah, man. love it. <laughs> Michigan State football has a great history with players taking PEDs. Joe Bocci, good player. Tony Mandridge, player. third yeah. overall draft pick. Man. It worked for him. He got results. Yeah. Was the Bullo thing for PEDs? Who, who knows? I, I don't know, actually. Who knows? It could have been. Well, if Max Bullo took PEDs, then add Max Bullo to the list. It certainly worked out for him, if, if allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do not know. No, I anyway, honestly don't know. Yeah. Instead of PEDs, they could just sure. feed Peyton Thorne a bunch of Built Bars. Now we're talking. Now we're getting somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bar ever. And they've got a new and approved formula that's even more delicious. Talk to me about it, Will. Talk to me. Yeah. They got... 18 amazing flavors, and we're not just, like, blowing smoke up, up your 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 Wahoo. Mm, all the Wahoo. Wow. These are amazing flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp, German chocolate, mint brownie, banana bread, salted caramel, toffee, mm. almond peanut butter brownie. God, toffee almond the best. The goat. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they are not just delicious, Matt. They are delicious on your body. Delicious on the body. These things are healthy, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Take the uh, Cherry Barcia, one of the new flavors. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Go find your protein bar that you got in your closet. I don't know. not, Not your closet, your cabinet, whatever. Drawer. Go find it. Compare the stats. 
you're going to get blown away. Built Bar is going to crush the competition, and you're going to crush the competition when you start eating Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, one word, LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, spin zone. Take me to church, Will. All right, I got a few things I want to say. Okay. (sighs) It's a deep sigh. Wow. A clearly and obviously rebuilding Michigan State team Mm -hmm. in back-to-back weeks played the numbers eight and four teams in the country Mm -hmm. and split the pair. They did. People forget that. I forget that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They split the pair. Mm-hmm. And even, like, with Rocky, who was, was bad on Saturday, like, he just quarterbacked them to a win over number eight. He wasn't the primary reason they beat Northwestern, but he helped. Sure. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm all in on, like, let's see what Thorne's got the rest of the way. Um, but let's try to keep some perspective. They, they split against two top ten teams in back-to-back weeks. They also have a road win against Michigan. Ah, oh, good times. 27-24, baby. Oh, yeah. never take that from us. That happened. Yep. Um, while the team is certainly inconsistent and devoid of talent in a lot of ways, there are signs that, at times, they're pretty game. Despite being um, underdogs in all but one game this season. Right? They've been underdogs every single week except for week one. Yes. They have two wins. Yeah, yeah. Vegas thinks they should have one based and like honestly, Iowa was the closest spread and it was like seven. Yeah, right. They're not like coin flips, you know. No. So despite how bad it's been, they're still kind of outperforming what the people who set lines think of them. (laughs) Like they won as twenty-one point dogs and they won as thirteen-point dogs. Map. That's that's pretty good. Team chaos, baby. Team chaos. Yep. And they are closer than you might think on offense. Are they, though? Really? Are they? Do you have intel on, like, 12 transfers that are just (laughs) waiting to sign the dotted line when they're open to, like... (laughs) No. um, Not close to being, like, really good. I want to make that very clear. Close to scoring the nation's average at least once per season, though. Is is that what you're saying? (laughs) Close to having, like, the number 74 scoring offense. There we (laughs) go. Something like that. There we go. Honestly, I I yearn for that. (laughs) Oh, God. Give me 2017 and that, like, offense that we feel so good about, but if you look back, was actually kind of terrible. How how much money do you want? Oh, please. They they, they look fantastic (laughs) in hindsight. Oh, the Holiday Bowl, man. Who could forget it? Uh, Not me. Like three times they were good and then they were bad. Anyway, um, they are closer to something like that than you would think, honestly. They are currently using as their number one best tight end a converted punter. Yeah. And frankly, he's not bad. He's fine. Yeah. He's not he's not bad. If they could get any tight end, any tight end, whether he's on the roster, in the portal, whatever, to just block in the run game, okay. Doesn't even have to be a good, decent, just like okay. Just okay. 
if you can get that. If you can have a healthy Jordan Simmons, and if we're talking about next season, if Audric Estime ends up coming to Michigan State. If Peyton Thorne's the quarterback for the, sh- the, the short-term future, we'll see about long-term who they recruit, if they bring anyone in the portal, whatever. But uh, just yeah. like, I'll put it this way. If someone with the mobility of Peyton Thorne is the quarterback, okay, this team can run the ball. They will be able to with just those like tweaks. And really, they could do, if Jordan Simmons is healthy next week and one of the tight ends is like, hey, I learned how to block. In Peyton Thorne starts, they they can rush for a good clip. The offensive line, even against Ohio State, I'm not all the way through the game, but I'm through the snaps, uh, through a lot of snaps that were really bad. Right, some yeah. of the worst. Right, the the start of that game was terrible on offense, and then it got better later. I'm partway, most way through the terrible stuff. The offensive line was fine, mostly. They're mostly fine. At times, they were even good. They had wow. plays where they the the five guys blocked in the run game really well, and it went for like a yard because the tight end who is supposed to be like this is another thing. Stop running H back ISO plays when you don't have an H back who can block. That would just be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but Michigan State ran an H back ISO play. Uh, and the offensive line opened up the hole, and the H-back's job is to run through the hole and be a lead blocker. And instead of doing that, the H-back ran into the person an offensive lineman was already blocking and knocked him literally into the hole and into the running back. Perfect. And not a joke. Just that literally happened. Nice. Just like just how it's a, practice. a base level. That's, that's the competence that they require. If he would have just run through the hole and accidentally ran into the person that would have been there, and honestly, he didn't even need to block anyone because... The it was a center guard combo block and the right guard uh, got off his combo block and into the linebacker like perfect timing and it was like boom there's the hole and then just like no I'm just gonna collapse this hole <laughs> I don't, don't want to play like it'll be in the film room eventually when I get it out it's stuff like that it's literally stuff like that all the time and it's just like dude just be me just a little a modicum of competence. Just mediocre, mediocrely competent. Just that's it. That's it. And a running back who can run fast. Yeah. And and they can run the ball. Okay. We know Peyton Thorne can run the ball. Yeah, he can. Like, did you you notice that? Like, when he got out there, like, all of a sudden they could run the ball a little bit? It's just because he's a good runner. Yeah. Because he's good at running with the football in his hands. Sure. There are opportunities. You just need people who can run with the football in their hands. And you need tight ends. If you're going to insist on using them in the run game to block, uh, you need them to run to the right spot and hit the right person. Yeah. That's it. And you could run. You could run the ball. And then if you're using Thorn, it, it seems like he can be efficient and, and move the ball down the field a little bit, dink and dunk. And maybe you could put together some drives. Hit yeah, a slant, break I a guess. tackle. Right. I'm just saying from like, uh, Matt, remember. This isn't a top 30 offense I'm designing here for you on the I know, fly. I know, I know. This is the number 83 offense in the country we're trying to get to. Yeah. It's just... It's like, it's just, it's so annoying. It's right there, and it's so frustrating. And then at the same time, you're like, that's the easiest fix ever. Just run into the hole. If you're ISO blocking, run into the hole instead of crashing someone into the hole. Just like... 
But again, it's week whatever. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this happened all last season. So it's just yeah. I, I, I do love the optimism just for getting to like a baseline competent offense, but like at, at the end of the day, you're you're pinning up these things on on two things, mystery and hope. And like the, the mystery is okay. You know, it's a free year for everyone. Like, who is coming back? Like, I, I, I don't I don't even want to, like, sort through who on the offensive line could come back, who won't Man, come I'm back. Man, I'm talking about yeah. the next two weeks. Oh, just to, like, finish out the season strong. I see. Because yeah. my, my next thing was hope. And, like, my, the hope for competence next season is the transfer market and just, like, praying to God that you get, like, yeah. something somewhat decent yeah, for, there. Yeah, for next year, I have no idea because I don't know who's going to be on the team. I'm talking about the next three weeks if they play three games. Yeah. There's a non-difficult pathway to being just like below average to bad on offense instead of catastrophically terrible, yeah. and it's not that hard. You know what? I'll I'll have faith going into this game because again, just like you said, like we did face two top ten teams back to back. Like th- th- there's got to be something to that where maybe it's a little tough. Now, is that the only reason? No, just like you said, like it's just like elementary stuff that they're missing out on and screwing up on. But I, I don't know. You, you got a Penn State team that's been slipping. And slide through the whole season. Like, okay. Yeah, they won two in yeah. a row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thirteen yeah. point underdogs. I don't. I don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna but, be tough. They're yeah, good. They're listen, not good, but they're talented. Hey, I, I'm not saying I'm gonna walk into this game with uh, positivity because I'm a rational person. Like, I know it's irrational positivity here that that I'm getting, but I'm still gonna have some. Just because, hey, finally, it's it's not a complete death machine of a defense waiting for us uh, this time around. So uh, that'll be nice. Yeah, that could that could help. It, it could help. Anyway, that's the positivity. Woo! Just like clean it up, clean it up, and and, and, and it's basketball season. Another positive yeah. note there: basketball season too. Bang. Yes. Five clean five. it up and and let's see what Peyton Thorne can do over a full game. Um, maybe they can score three touchdowns. Uh, like in the next three games, right? That's what you're, you're still saying. They haven't scored three touchdowns in a game, have they? Oh, no, they did against Michigan. Uh, Michigan they scored three yeah. against Michigan, yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Do they against Rutgers? Rutgers oh, yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, they oh, did. Oh, damn it. Four touchdowns? That's such an embarrassing thing. Three oh, they touchdowns. scored three touchdowns twice. Three touch- Yeah, three touchdowns twice in weeks one and week two. So, US- yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're out of scripted plays in the first two weeks, and now here we are just trying to fight for yeah. our lives out here. USC had a receiver... Um, Amon Ross St. Brown catch four touchdowns in the first quarter Sunday night. Jesus. Well, who was that Buffalo running back that had like eight tutties yeah, uh, last week or two weeks ago? I hate everyone. Coastal yeah. Carolina has a five foot nine center and they rush for 200 yards a oh, game. That guy is a cube. I, I, I love that guy. He's, he's I great. Love that <laughs> oh, I love him. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Lockdown Spartans. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to do all basketball tomorrow, unless something Climbs crazy. The yes. Yeah. Perfect. Unless something crazy football wise happens that we need to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we'll do all basketball tomorrow and talk about what happened over the weekend and kind of look ahead to, the uh, game with Virginia, which we'll also be talking about on Wednesday's show as well. So a lot of basketball coming your way, and we'll eventually get into Michigan State, Penn State, and the Land Grant, uh, greatest rivalry in the history of sports, greatest rivalry trophy in the history of sports, Land Grant Week. It's Land Grant Week. We should be happy about that. Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Lockdown Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us home. Slangerant week. It's also three touchdowns once again week, baby. Let's go. Let's get it popping. All right. Go green.